How's it going, everybody? You're listening to Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a thru-hiker, I am a peak bagger, and every single week on this show, I chat with another thru-hiker, another peak bagger, or another hiking nerd like myself about their experiences on the trail. If you're a hiking nerd, or if that sounds interesting to you, please hit that subscribe button and tune in every single Wednesday. I beat Tat. He's back on the show for a second episode. I'm so excited about it. This dude literally just finished the PCT not very long ago, so most of our conversation is about that, and we kind of focus in particularly quite a bit towards the end on what happened to him at the end of his thru-hike. He had some super nasty weather. He was coming in pretty late and had a very unique finish because of that, so we talk all about that. We also get into some of the differences between his PCT thru-hike and his Appalachian Trail thru-hike, which he did in 2018. I was lucky enough to meet him a couple times on the trail that year. And we also just get into what he's been up to since he finished the PCT and what his content is going to look like going forward. It was a great chat. I beat that dude when you hear this. Thank you so much for coming on a second time and let's do it again soon. As always, I really want to hear what everybody thinks of this episode. You can find me at TrailTalesPod on Instagram. That's at TrailTalesPod. TrailTalesPod at gmail.com is another thing as well. Shoot me an email or DM on Instagram with any sort of advice, feedback, comments, whatever you're going to say. I'd love to hear it. Facebook, TrailTales, just search that. It should come up. Go do all of these things and I will love you forever and ever YouTube folks. I have a YouTube channel now. It's Kyle Hates Hiking if you go search that or follow the link to it in the show notes. I would really appreciate that. I will say straight up, I am no IB tat. (laughs) Not even close, but I am having fun. I just hit 100 subscribers today actually, which was pretty fast. It was a little bit less than a month, so I'm really stoked on that and I'd love to get a couple more. So once again, Kyle Hates Hiking on YouTube. I will be posting all sorts of hiking related content because contrary to the name i don't actually hate hiking so yeah go check that out link in the show notes kyle hates hiking search that shit on youtube you know you know what to do um trailtalespod.com if you're new here go check out trailtalespod.com the website to listen to some older episodes go back and listen to all 52 of the other episodes that i currently have out right now that would be really appreciated trailtalespod.com With that said, I think we're going to keep the intro short this week, folks. I always say that, and I usually never follow through with it, (laughs) but I'm actually going to do it this time. Let's get into the conversation I had with IB Tat, Appalachian Trail Class of 2018 and PCT Class of 2019. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode number 53 of Trail Tales. I beat that. What's going on, man? Thanks so much for uh, for coming back for round two. Yeah, brother, of course. You know I me. Mean, I'll talk hiking all day, every day. It's good to talk to you again. All day, every single day. Dude, so you just finished the PCT. Congrats. I should have said that before we started recording. Now I kind of feel like a jackass. But dude, fucking congrats on the <laughs> PCT. First of all, two through hikes back to back. I mean, AT... 2018 pct 2019 that is incredible that's that's super impressive dude so congrats on like both of those through hikes honestly i mean I, I i don't know if my body would have been up to that so i i just think that's so awesome man yeah appreciate it brother yeah i need to probably go to the psychiatrist and get my head checked you're you you shouldn't be doing them back to back that was a <laughs> that was a mental battle this last six months but appreciate it yeah, dude, we're going to talk all about the mental battle, too. I, I love talking about the mental shit on, on this podcast, so that's awesome. But let's start by just going over, like, what the fuck have you been up to since you finished? First of all, why don't you tell everybody when exactly you finished? Right now, it is November 15th, 2019. How long have you been back for, and what have you been up to since you finished the PCT? Well, it's been a few weeks now. I finished uh, October 25th, which... You know, nobody finishes the PCT that late, but the crew I was rolling with, we we managed to be damn near the last ones to Canada. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of snow, and you know, the last few weeks I've just been letting my body rest. I mean, my I'm slowly recovering, but you know, it's just my body's not there yet. It's it's funny because your mind is still going in through hiker mode, but your body's like, okay, it's time to take a little bit of a break. So I've basically just been sitting on my ass and letting my joints heal up. My knees are still screwed. 
my ankle's pretty messed up still, but we're slowly getting there. Well, at least you have a good attitude about it. Sounds like you're definitely hurting, but like, I don't know. How do you feel in comparison to how you felt around this time after you finished the AT last year? I think I'm a little bit better, actually. I I don't know if it's just because the AT beats you up more physically or not. Um, but I remember, I recall last year when I got off the trail about a week and a half or so after I had gotten home, um, I woke up one morning. I couldn't even get out of bed. I like literally, Damn. you know, rolled and fell on the floor. Uh, <laughs> my, my joints had just locked up. And luckily, I haven't had that problem this year. So, um, yeah, I don't know if my body just got acclimated to it. Probably not. It's just, you know, I don't know what it was, but my body's actually responded a little bit better this year that's that's good to hear man for sure I, I wonder if the fact that you had all that wear from last year if that like kind of toughened you up for this time around or if again like you just said a second ago it had something to do with the uh the terrain on the pct i'm not really sure um all i know is that after i finished the at in 2018 i had a lot of a lot of my friends that i hiked with and a number of people i had on the show way back then um, shortly after we had finished the AT, we're all hurting pretty bad, and I don't, I don't want to just like completely hijack this and sound like an asshole, but I felt pretty fucking good for like a couple weeks after the AT. Like everyone was hurting, and I was just kind of like, yeah, I feel good. I even went for a couple hikes afterwards and a couple runs and shit. So I, I, I always think the recovery, the post through hike recovery, is kind of fascinating, and I've always wondered what it would be like for a trail that allegedly because i've never hiked the pct but a trail that's allegedly a little bit less harsh on the joints like the pct would be yeah i don't know and that, that's good on you for doing that you know they, they say when you get back in the trail just don't sit on your ass like what i've been doing you know i've been getting up and walking around and stuff going on you know short walks around the neighborhood just to keep my body going but yeah man um yeah i don't know i i, I, I want to get out and hike for sure but i know I, smart to be smart about it i just need to relax a little bit and, and take a breather um, who knows if, you know, from trail to trail, it's just everybody's body responds differently. Yeah, that, that's so true. Honestly, like I said, that, that was just my experience. Um, you've been, you've been hanging out in Maine since you got back, right? Yeah. The great state of Maine. I've been wanting to get up here for quite some time. Actually, ever since we, you know, hiked through, as you know, you know, going through the hundred mile wilderness and basically all of Maine was just gorgeous. And that, I mean, the whole experience just made an impact on me. I had hit Maine last year on the ET like right at peak color season. So, I mean, the leaves were popping. It was just gorgeous, and I fell in love. So ever since the hiking through Maine on the AT, I've wanted to move up here, and uh, I, just, I just made it happen. You know, I've lived in the south in North Carolina for the past four years, and I'm a vagabond anyway. I was just, you know, just the fact that I was there four years is shocking to me. <laughs> Usually yeah. it's two years <laughs> is my limit, and I move on. Um, but it was just a good excuse to uh, pack up shop and uh, head up here to the great state of Maine. I I'm digging it, man. Yeah, man, it, it is a tough time of year to like move to Maine though, or anywhere in the Northeast for that matter. I mean, I, I I don't know about other people who live in the Northeast. I have quite a few listeners who live up here, but November is one of my least favorite months. So to go from like being on a through hike like that to just kind of stuck inside. I, mean, I know you said you've been getting outside a little bit, but not like actually hiking. I I just feel like kind of in, in the short days too that's what i should have said there that's like the worst part about it um this is yeah. may, this might be a dumb question but in north carolina this time of year after like after daylight savings um does it still get dark at like 4 30 down there or does it do you get like a little bit more sun no it's basically the same i mean the hiking window daylight hiking window is real short too i mean you just you just gotta get out there and you know, I'm not much much of a night hiker, so yeah, it kind of it's kind of sucks setting up camp at like you know 3 p.m. and just you know waiting for the sun to go down. But you know, you get out there and you do what you can. Yeah, for sure. Did you, did you guys get um a decent amount of snow the other day at the at the beginning of the week? Because we here in Burlington, Vermont, we got like close to a foot, honestly. Like we got a shit ton of snow for uh, this early on in November. Yeah, I'm in Southern Maine, and we didn't get anything. It, there was oh, you didn't get anything, like, really. No, there were some flurries for like maybe an hour, and that but nothing stuck. Probably like maybe I don't know, fifty miles north of here, they had about maybe an inch that, that stuck. But I, I don't know, we didn't get anything here. Interesting. Um, dude. You know, <laughs> moving up here, I was like, okay, we're going from snow to snow. But actually, this has been quite lovely <laughs> from what I had. Well, here I am asking you about the shitty weather, but damn, dude, that's crazy. Like we um we got absolutely hammered the other day. Like, and I guess I wasn't really paying too much attention to the forecast beyond just like the immediate like Burlington area but 
I know the yeah. whites got pretty hammered just from, I, I think, just from the photos I've been seeing on Instagram, and certainly the Adirondacks got hammered as well. So I just kind of assumed that like all of New England got it, but then again, then again, I guess uh, Southern Maine might not get it quite as much. You're living in. Um, Okay, well, first of all, you're you're have you have you started at Hyperlight yet? No, I haven't started yet. I've had a couple of meetings with them. Um, that that was the real reason I moved up here. Well, aside from moving to Maine, which I want to do anyway, the reason I moved to Biddeford is, uh, if you guys don't know, that's where Hyperlight Mountain Gear is based out of. I have an old old mill building. It's it's just gorgeous. Um, I actually come through here after my AT hike and uh, visited Hyperlight. Um, just I wanted to meet everybody and see their whole operation and it's it's pretty dialed in and I was really impressed so um, I had hit them up um, I don't know pretty close to finishing the PCT just to see if they're hiring like oh we'll, we'll get you in here so I haven't started yet originally I was gonna you know do whatever production for them but um, you know from the meetings that I've had with them we're thinking about doing some content uh, collaborations oh, dude, together. that is so, the fucking dream right there dude. yeah I mean that's what I do I mean I'm, I'm the video photography guy so that's kind of what I wanted to do eventually anyway so they're kind of brainstorming ideas right now and uh hopefully we'll get rolling on that soon dude I'm actually so stoked to hear that like because I mean what could be better like you finish a through hike you've produced all this content how many freaking videos did you post on the PCT I think it would turn out to be like 165 or 166, something like that. 166. You, you produce 166 videos. You finish your through hike and then you get to go work for a badass gear company and produce like more content. That is so freaking sweet, man. Um, like I said, yeah, I'm, that's I'm, my dream, man. So it's what I do anyway. So be able to do it for a company that I dig is, is uh, just the icing on the cake right there. Cause I'm going to be making videos regardless, but if I get to do it for a living, I mean, that's not many people get to do what they love. For a living um and you know I, i've always just filmed videos of me hiking because i love doing it but it's if i can translate into a career that that's that's the ultimate right there dude that yeah that that's just so incredible i'm jealous too honestly that would be like <laughs> if i could just like bullshit into my microphone and get paid for it that would be amazing um, maybe someday we'll see but dude speaking of creating all this content speaking of your channel kind of post through hike what are your plans for all that going forward um, beyond just what you're going to be doing with Hyperlight? I'm talking about your channel specifically because I was kind of browsing your content earlier and it looks like most of what you've posted is, you know, just the through hike vlogs. I know you had some some stuff in between the AT and the PCT as well, but as someone who's starting to get into YouTube myself, who's starting to make a couple videos and has posted a couple couple videos already, I am just kind of curious about what you're going to be covering as far as content goes now that you've uh, finish this second through hike. Yeah. So, you know, I'll, whether, you know, whatever I do with hyper, that's a separate thing. You know, I always have my personal YouTube channel. Uh, you know, I just love doing that. So I always have that. Now, you know, I, I like making hiking videos and you mentioned the videos I did put out after the AT in between the AT and PCT, you know, I'll do the gear videos. I'm not a real big fan of doing that. I mean, I'm just like every other through hike. I love talking about gear. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'll nerd out on that for days, but you know, the way I look at it is I get so many questions on a daily basis on, you know, what gear to buy and what should I be using? And I never answer those questions because it's so subjective. I mean, yeah. backpacking gear is the most subjective thing on the planet. So I can tell you all day to go buy these shoes or these socks or this pack or whatever, and it might not work for you. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll still do the gear videos, you know, talk about what I use, what worked, what didn't, what I'd replace, that kind of stuff. Um, Cause people love hearing about that stuff. But uh, what I, my real passion is just getting out in the woods and, and filming that. So um, as soon as my body heals up, we'll be out on the trails up here in Maine and uh, be filming that. Even uh, even in the winter, yeah. Oh yeah, you know I've <laughs> lived in the south for so long. I, I I was not an experienced winter backpacker, and that's you know I've basically never done it before. Um, you know, just day hiking and stuff like that. So. On the PCT, it was the first experience I've had. I mean, I never picked up an ice axe in my life or used, you know, micro spikes or crampons. That was all learning on the fly type thing. So now that I've got a little bit of mileage under my belt using that stuff, um, I, I want to give it a go. And you mentioned the whites. It got snow. And I, I want to get over to the whites and, and, and do some of those peaks up in the presidentials and stuff um, in snow. I think it's going to be dope. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna be doing that all winter. <laughs> Dude, I'll, I'll tell you right now, a lot of people listening to this are going to be stoked to hear that. I have I've quite a few listeners who, who uh, frequent the whites. So that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, the whites, man, they're, they're something special. Oh, definitely. And they, they also know that I – 
don't really fuck with winter too much. However, I do kind of want to start a little bit this year. I'm kind of nursing the injury right now, so I'm not going to be like fucking heading up Mount Washington this weekend or anything ridiculous like that. But I do kind of want to dabble with winter a little bit this year. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I'm not going to be become a full blown mountaineering, you know. But I got to get my fix of hiking, so I'll be out there regardless. You know, doing just doing the typical weekend trips. Maybe I'll get in a long section. But um, yeah, I just need my fix of, of getting on the woods because that's what keeps me sane in the off season. Dude, definitely. And you're in a pretty good location down there in southern Maine too, because like you just said, the whites really aren't that far and then obviously you have all the stuff up closer to like bethel you know the southern main portion of the at the mahusics all that stuff so you're pretty close yeah, to all that of, i got plenty of exploring to do and there's so many sections that you know that we didn't go through on the at that i need to go check out so i'll be getting a map of the whites and uh we'll be exploring a little bit a little bit more of what we didn't cover on the at for sure have you ever heard about the grafton loop trail before you know, somebody had mentioned that to me the other day, and I hadn't heard of it before. So, yeah, what's what's that all about? Dude, I highly recommend this trail. So you've actually it's, – it's about 40 miles, and obviously loop trail, the Grafton loop trail, it's a loop trail, which makes it ideal because it's like a mini thru-hike, but you only need one car, which a lot of those short thru-hikes – um, you obviously would need two or you need a shuttle or something like that. So right. anyways, you've actually already done about seven miles of it, if I recall correctly, because seven miles of it coincides with the AT. Um, it starts in Grafton Notch near Bethel, Maine. Um, let's see. So the Mahusik Notch, I'm sure you obviously remember that from your AT through hike. Um, a little bit after that, you go over a mountain called Old Speck. And from there... Like there's just a, you know, you, you can either follow the AT North, go up and over uh, the bald pates and then the Grafton Loop Trail kind of cuts off from there. Or you could go the other way if you're on top of Old Spec and, and cut back over to, uh, you know, to Grafton Notch. But anyways, dude, I would highly recommend that trail. Like I said, it's about 40 miles. It's fucking awesome, dude. Like it's, I mean, it's, it's the Mahusik. So like, it's really hard hiking, but the views are f- like freaking sweet. And obviously, you get to rehike a pretty awesome part of the AT, one of the hardest sections of the AT, if if I recall. Anyways, um, so I would highly recommend that. I think that would be a really cool video. I hiked it back when I was like eighteen. It was like my first ever solo backpacking trip, and I still like look back on it like super fondly because it was such an amazing hike. And, and you're you're pretty close, like I said, to Bethel, so you could definitely make that work. Um, yeah, man, I'll check it out. I mean, I don't know if I want to do the Mahusik Notch in the wintertime. But, uh, um, dude, definitely not. Um, also, to be clear, it doesn't actually go through the Mahusik Notch. It it basically coincides like a couple miles after that. So you won't have to go through the Notch again, which... <laughs> yeah, you get to skip the, the Notch and the arm, the, the, the worst parts of it. Both spec arm was awesome, and the ball pates were awesome, too. I think I got views on all those, so... Yeah, you don't have to fuck with the arm either, which is which is pretty nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, dude, definitely look into that. That's a really fucking cool trail. And there's also, like, uh, designated campsites along the whole thing, too. There's there's one shelter, the Bald Page shelter, that's on the AT part. But um, there's mm-hmm. still, like, some established campsites with, like, the whole water, you know, privy, all the all that shit. So it's it's an awesome trail and not You know super... I'm a fan of the privies. I'll be, I'll be there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah, no privies dude. on the PCT, man. I got, I, got, I got comfy with those on the AT, Okay, man. can I ask you a question about that? So not planned at sure. all, but I've always wondered about this. And I might have asked it on an early episode I did about the PCT. But so, like, <laughs> on the AT, it's pretty easy to find some privacy to go dig a cat hole, right? And I just, I've never hiked up the PCT. I really haven't spent much time out West. So when I like think about going off trail to take a shit, it's like, I, I feel like I've, I would just be like in the open. Like, how do you find like a nice private place to take a shit on the PCT? You don't, you, you, I mean, once you, you do once you, once you've done one through hike, you, you're pretty used to shitting around people. I know you hide in the AT, but after a certain point, you don't even care. You like, just go off the trail and, and shit. You know, it's like, you know, somebody <laughs> walks by in the morning, sees you, you just wave at each other. Hey, have a good hike, man. Enjoy your Dude, shit. You know, what? it's just one of those oh things. Oh my God. So on the PCT, you know, the, all the people that you, you have known through hike before, it's like, whatever. I mean, it's just part of the trail lifestyle. Nobody really cares um you know you, you'll see the newbies like trying to hide behind a rock in the middle of the desert it's like just give it up dude you know <laughs> dude, would that's you rather gonna be just me, shit and you. have people see you or would you like want to like 
run off trail and get bit by a rattlesnake. You just dig a hole and shit. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Dude, that's yeah, so there's, crazy. I mean, there's not much privacy. But the crowds are less on the PCT. So, you know, even though you're in the open, you can you generally, if you time it out right, you can you can have a little bit of privacy shitting on the, in the desert. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's fucking crazy. I... I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I, I like my privacy. I'll say that. And that's one thing that's always made me wonder. Well, see, I, 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 I sound like I'm a, I'm like trying to shit in front of people, but you know, <laughs> the PCT, I was, I was worried about it because I, I never hiked in the desert before and, and half these goddamn plants out there, I don't know what the fuck they are. And you know, I'm not trying to wipe my ass with a cactus anytime soon. So I would just, I, would, I didn't care. I just go, you know, I get off the trail out of respect for other hikers, but I'm not going to go searching around the desert where there's snakes and, and plants I've never fucking seen before and try to shit by them. <laughs> that's, that's so fucking funny. Damn. You know, you get up to, you get up to the Northern part, you get to Oregon, Oregon, Washington. It's just like AT. You can get, you can have your privacy all day, but in the desert, man, you better get used to shitting in front of people because there, there ain't nowhere to hide out there. <laughs> Dude. What if like, Oh, this is so fucked up. But like, what if one of your like viewers is like hiking by and they're like, Oh, that's IB tad taking a shit. Like how fucking funny would that be? I'd say, what's up, man? Good morning. You want- <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking yeah. good. Ain't no thing. I don't care. Damn, I mean, dude. I got I took a I got naked on top of McAfee now with like thirty fucking people watching. It's not like I've, I, I you know there's probably hundreds of pictures of my ass out there uh, <laughs> from the AP, but on the internet. But I don't really care. No shame. I love it. No shame over here. Got to fucking got to own it. My game, man. <laughs> That's yeah, so that's good. Right. Um, a second ago, you said how the PCT has less people than the AT. Um, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because again, as someone who wants to through hike the PCT in the future. My understanding was that it might be like slightly less crowded, but for the most part, there's still a lot of people that are through hiking the PCT. So that kind of confused me. Yeah. I mean, the crowds are still there. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you can thank, you know, Reese Witherspoon for that. I mean, ever since the movies came out, it's like, you know, there's just been an insane jump of people. I mean, you, you hear people just recently, actually, I think the last or the first uh, registration for your PCT, PCT permit was like two weeks ago or yeah. something like that. And I would see, I was seeing all these posts on Instagram, like, oh, I'm the seventh thousandth per- person in line to Dude, register. That's it's like, fucking ridiculous. And when I registered for my permit, it wasn't any different. You know, I, I got there reasonably early in the waiting room or whatever online, and I was still like number 3,000 in line. So, you know, not now, everybody that registers doesn't get out there. They just, you know, people get permits just for the hell of it. Um, but, I mean, I, I recall being on Springer Mountain early April. And there was probably 20 tents on Springer on April 4th when I started. Um, when I started the PCT, it, it was like literally I was the only one there. I mean, I started early in the day from Campo, but I literally had the monument by myself standing in the middle of the desert. It's like, okay, I'm doing this whole damn trail by myself. That's what it felt like. <laughs> now, you'll, you'll see people out there, but the crowds are nowhere near the AT. At least in my experience anyway. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's... I'm kind of glad to hear that because, you know, like without getting into the whole fucking debate on whether or not AT is too crowded or, you know, all that, all, all that stuff, um, I do tend to not like to be around like a shit ton of people. You know, I don't like to be by myself either. I guess, <laughs> I guess it's like shit, Kyle, you got to pick one. But I don't know. I, I was a little bit concerned about the PCT or at least a, a northbound through hike at the PCT being like as crowded as the AT was, but that's a little bit reassuring. Um, that being said, I still might might go southbound. We'll see. Well, what's we'll see. great about the PCT is you'll find, like, I don't know, for me, I, I early on on the AT, I would camp by shelters usually. I wouldn't stay in the shelters, but I like camping by them just because of the shitter and the, there's always a decent water source. Now, you wouldn't have to stay in the shelter. You can still get away from people. Mm-hmm. What's beautiful about the PCT is even if there's crowds out there, it's so – it's so vast, especially I'm talking about the desert in Southern California. It's so vast. Like you can literally set your tent up anywhere. I mean, you're not going to be by water. You're hauling water and dry camping, but it's just, there's so many spots to put a tent out there. You can get your privacy. And then, you you know, if, if you want to camp by yourself, do that. And you can still hike with people during the day. It's just, I won't stress about it. You, you can, I mean, I, I, you, I generally camp by myself for the first 700 miles without people around. It was awesome. Yeah, man. Interesting. So I kind of want to go back to our last episode. One of the, the one of the things I had asked you was what you were in, potentially going to do differently on the PCT compared to what you did on the AT. And I recall one of the things that you said was that 
you were going to possibly look into hiking with other people. It sounds like you did the AT mostly solo and you potentially wanted to kind of maybe change that a little bit on the PCT. You you didn't like completely commit to it, but you sounded like that was something you wanted <laughs> something you wanted to explore at least. So I yeah. wanted to ask you about that. Um did you end up kind of hiking with some people on the on the PCT? It sounds like you did that first section by yourself. Did things kind of change after that? So, yeah, I, I mean last year I going getting off the AT, I I don't know. I, I, in my head, I wanted to be more social going into the PCT and I really did. But once I got out there, it's like, you know, <laughs> flashback to, I mean, why I hiked to begin with, I hiked to get away from people. I mean, that's, that's where I, obviously I love the activity and I love being on the woods, but part of that is just being alone in the woods. That's one of my favorite aspects of through hiking. Um, so I went with the intentions of being more social, but that didn't really happen. Now I did hike with people, uh, more, a, a couple occasions in the PCD, all through the Sierras, I hiked with somebody, um, or well, the majority of the Sierra anyway. And then up, uh, through Oregon and, and Washington, I, I, I got in with a group. Um, so yeah, I guess I, I succeeded in that, but you know, I, when it, when I was with those people not, there was nothing against them. They're, they're all awesome. But you know, I, I found myself craving that solitude immediately once I started being around people. Um, so it's just, it's just the way I'm wired. I, I, I hike for solitude. So, um, but I mean, through, on the, in the PCT, especially the Sierra, it, it's, it was just a smart move being with somebody. And obviously the last section, if you guys follow me on YouTube or Instagram, you know, what we went through there. So being with the group then was kind of necessary as well. Yeah, man. It makes a lot of sense. Let me ask you this. Um, it sounds like most of the reason why you prefer the solo thing is just because like you just literally just said, that's just the way you're wired. So I'm sure that's most of it. I am kind of curious to at least get your thoughts on on the whole vlogging thing. Do you think having the camera out and, and being focused on producing all this content also played any sort of role at all in your decision or your desire to want to hike solo? Yeah, that's a good question. That's it, I mean, that's a big part of it too. Um, you know, when you're hiking with people – and you do what I do with filming and vlogging all day long. I mean, nobody wants to hike with me anyway because I'm constantly stopping to film shit or set mm -hmm. up the camera and walk past it, that kind of stuff. And it's an all-day thing. So, you know, to hike with me, is, it would be a pain in the ass anyway. Um, and <laughs> and when, I, when I would hike with people, I found, at least I don't know if it came through in the videos, but I, I, I found those videos not to be as good because I couldn't, I had to concentrate on being with that person, hiking around them and, and talking with them. Um, whereas normally I would just like, you know, stop and set up the camera 500 fucking times in a mile or film this and film that. So I, I found that hiking with other people kind of took away from what, um, you know, my vlogging, um, style anyway. Interesting. Interesting. Um, see, I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure if you were going to agree with that or not. So I, <laughs> I, I guess that, that definitely makes sense though. Um, I, another thing, kind of going back to our last episode, I know you had mentioned that by the end of your Appalachian Trail through hike, you were not burnt out on through hiking. You were not burnt out on the Appalachian Trail, but it did sound like you were pretty burnt out on the whole vlogging thing. So I'm curious to know how, or I'm curious to know if you got burnt out on the vlogging thing by the end of the PCT as well. I, I didn't get burned out this time around. I mean, there was certainly days where I didn't want to film. Um, but I didn't get burnt out like I did last year. It, maybe because I've, I've already had a season of it under my belt and I was used to it. Um, but you get so into a routine. I mean, waking up and, and before anything else, reaching for your camera to, so, to you film your wake up routine, that just became so normal to me. Um, that was just, it's just what I did. So mm -hmm. I, I didn't get burnt out on it. You know, I'll, I'll certainly, <laughs> the week after I got home, it was weird not filming myself, you know, filming yourself making coffee for 180 days in a row and not doing it. It actually felt weird not talking to a camera in the morning. Yeah, dude. Um, but you know, as, as far as vlogging goes, I, w I wasn't tired of in this trail. I could have done it longer. It's just, I, I, I love doing that stuff. Dude, that's, that's really good to hear because again, it did sound like you were kind of not like getting sick of it in like a long term thing, but like, it did sound like you were, like I just said, getting pretty burnt out on the vlogging part of it by the end. Um, how about the actual, and we're going to talk about, you know, the weather and stuff at the end of your through hike in just a minute here, but how about, how about just getting burnt out on the through hike itself? So like I said, 
a few seconds ago during our last conversation you had said that you were pretty stoked on the AT all the way through you wanted to keep going like you would have kept going if you could have um how did that kind of compare to your experience at the end of the PCT yeah the AT I, I didn't want to get off I was ready to, I could have won another 500 or 1000 miles mentally and physically I was still good to go now the PCT was a little different story I you know it was so mentally draining, especially I mean, my body was, yeah, my body was getting to, towards the end of like, okay, asshole, it's time to stop doing this. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I would have physically, I can always push through stuff. Um, but mentally I was pretty fucking drained towards the end. I mean, you always hear how, how mentally draining the PCT is and it's true. And everybody, especially with everyone with my group, we all felt it. And I think you could see it, even though we didn't discuss it amongst each other, you could tell, just by looking at somebody like, okay, we're, we're drained here, man. We need to, mm -hmm. it's time to be done. So I was, I was actually the, the moment we finished and crossed the Canadian border, I, I felt a sense of relief for sure that I was done because, because of what I'd just gone through. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of different experience in the PCT this year. Dude, that's, that's pretty incredible. And kind of speaking to what you just said there, uh, when I watched your like final PCT video, I could almost like see it in your eyes and like hear it in your voice that you were like stoked on finishing, obviously, but that you were also kind of ready to be done. Um, what, like, why don't we talk about the the weather at the end? So I I put up a poll on my Instagram story uh, yesterday, and a lot of people had questions about this. So obviously, like, it's all over the videos and stuff, but I'm still kind of curious to hear about it. You know, right from the source here, you guys got some snow at the end of the PCT, like shit, how did that all go down? Yeah, it, 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 it turned into a winter backpacking trip pretty quick. Um, so the first, the first experience we got with snow was white pass. And then Stevens pass was, it, it, it was a blizzard. So I basically going into Stevens pass, I had hiked through 10 hours of rain from the time I woke up to the time I got to camp. It, it just pissed on me and it got, progressively worse all day so it turned out to be like 10 hours of hiking through the rain it was cold rain and i was miserable and i set up my tent next to a lake and um i was literally seven miles from stevens pass but i i was drained and uh just needed to get out of the rain so i set up woke up the next morning to a blizzard it was i mean if you follow me on instagram you saw that post and i had like the the epic ice beard and everything else um and it was just yeah i woke up to a whiteout and uh there's probably i don't know six inches of snow on the ground and just it didn't stop so uh that was the first experience with snow and then we got hammered again towards the last stretch the last 60 miles uh well pretty much the last 180 miles but the last 60 miles was like up in elevation um uh, for those of you that are familiar with the pct the last 60 miles you go up in elevation and you don't come back down till you reach the canadian border so you're up there and and you're just in the snow so we were going through at, at certain times waist deep snow banks and there was i mean you can see the trail so it was basically gut hooks all day there were some points of the trail you could see it where it was kind of made a divot and kind of pick out where the trail was but many times throughout the day we lost the trail we didn't even know where it was at it was just you know it, it was sketch as hell and we were a lot of those passes towards the end uh rock pass in particular we were causing many avalanches as we were going through there damn dude it was just a sketch sketch section of trail and we, that's i think that's why we were so relieved to be done because you know there was plenty of times i woke up that last stretch and wondering is this going to be the day that i get covered in snow and not get back out um, that was a real real threat the the last 60 miles or so dude that's so incredible so i was going to ask you if the weather was the reason why you felt like you were ready to be done at the end of the PCT versus the way that you felt towards the end of the AT, would you say that's accurate? Do you think that, I know it's a hypothetical, so you never know for sure, but if the weather had held out for you on the PCT and you hadn't been hiking through those dangerous conditions, do you think that you would have wanted to keep going potentially like you did at the end of the Appalachian Trail? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I would have, to be honest with you, because like I said, my body wasn't quite wrecked. It was getting towards the end, but you know, physically, I, I could have went farther. Uh, but yeah, just just because of what we went through the last sixty miles, we were just mentally done. Um, yeah, it was just it was, you know, if you if you look back to the AT and the last the last section and like going through the hundred mile wilderness and then um, hiking in a Baxter, it's like really flat terrain and it's just relaxing. You can reflect on you know everything about your previous months of hiking 
Whereas in the PCT, we were we were pushed to that that stress that maximum stress level like all the way up to the very end. So yeah, that was definitely the reason why I was ready to be done. <laughs> it was just it was just so mentally draining, and um, you know waking up and and having putting on frozen boots every morning Dude, and you can't feel your fingertips and uh, I mean my fingertip is still numb. I, I was getting signs of of frostbite there towards the end and. The tip of my index finger is still still numb like Damn, three years later. Dude. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was just, and then, you know, by the, the, the last 60 miles took us, so if, you, if you're if you a thru-hiker, you know, you're doing, what, 20 to 30 miles a day towards the end of your thru-hike pretty, pretty easily. The last 60 miles took us seven days to do, to give you an idea of how, how difficult pushing through that snow was. So seven days to do, to do 60 miles. And I'm assuming that was all in one resupply too? That was on one resupply. We actually hauled Fuck, out nine, about eight or nine days worth of food apiece. A fucking um, week of hiking through the snow and the cold like that on one resupply without any towns, without any showers, hot showers, any of that stuff. That's fucking incredible, man. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was uh, we were carrying Sierra away. I mean, I had I sent home all my winter gear, obviously, after the Sierra, not thinking we'll need it again. But I had to rebuy all that shit. So I had to buy a new ice axe, which I only ended up having to use one time going down Rock Pass. And then micro spikes, I, I ended up buying again. So basically, we had to re, all of us were rebuying all winter gear for that last 60 miles uh, of trail. Damn, dude. Yeah, it was, it was a winter backpacking trip for sure. But we were, you know, we're just so, luckily I was with a group. We were all, we're all stubborn as hell. And it was never, it was no hesitation. It was just like, okay, fuckers. We're going. We're we're making it to Canada one way or another. So the group I had gotten in with it was me and uh, three other dudes, and those guys are are fucking kick ass. Um, nobody hesitated. We we were all smart about it and all agreed on you know decisions and things like this. But it was like we're making it to fucking Canada one way or another. Yeah, so, man. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. Now, were you hiking around a lot of other people bef- like right before or during the first um, bit of the snow? I'm, I'm just curious to see what other people in your situation did. Did Do you know of other people that like just called it there? Do you know of other people that like skipped around if that was even fucking possible? Like I don't even know. Like did other people um, that you were around specifically make different decisions and, and not kind of uh, persevere and, and still fucking – bring yourself to the end like you did so so here's what happened i got in, i got into stevens pass right and the the big blizzard i the original blizzard i hiked through and i, I needed to dry my shit out so i i took a zero in town and um there was other hikers that had done the same thing got into town and they were just waiting out to see what the weather did and um so i started rallying some trips together because i was like 100 percent i'm going either way mm-hmm. but i was trying to talk some other people into going with me um so i'd actually recruited two hikers and then one of them bailed the night before I was heading out, and the next one bailed the morning of. Damn. So I ended up going out by myself, um, and I had known of another group that went out a day before me. So I, in my head, I was thinking maybe I could catch them, but in all reality, I probably won't just because I'm by myself going solo through snow, so it's going to be slow going. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I'd caught up with that group. Like I was pushing big miles the first two days, and I actually uh, caught up with them to, to – join their group um which is probably the only reason i made the border but um there was other people like a lot of hikers in town i would say 90 percent of them 90 95 percent of them bailed and said screw this we're not mm-hmm. going this is the, this is the end of our hike so you know i managed to recruit two people originally but everybody else i talked to said fuck it we're done this is this is not worth it yeah which dude. you know it's completely understandable oh, yeah, i mean for sure. it, it's just it, that's some sketchy ass shit so you know it, it, there's no shame in that whatsoever Dude, I'm, I'm trying to think of like what I would do because like I said this earlier in our conversation, but I'm not a winter hiker. I haven't really done it or, or at least camped like overnight, like backpacking, winter backpacking, I should say. Um, I haven't really done it, so maybe I need to try it or maybe I would go for it in that circumstance. But dude, I honestly, that's a, that's a tough decision. That's something I'm going to have to so, think about. So here's the deal, Kyle. You're going to get this when you do the PCT. This is across the board year after year. The fear mongering on the PCT is the is the stupidest thing of all time. I got fear mongered many times going into the Sierra. You're gonna get it from people like, oh, you'll you'll talk to outfitters or hostel owners or whatever local people who do you know day hikes and weekend trips up there. Oh, don't go up there. It's it's too dangerous. Well, this is what you do. You go up there and you see it for your fucking self. Oh, dude, you don't know absolutely. what you're capable of. 
and you get these people are get inside your fucking head and mentally you you quit before you even attempted it physically which is the stupidest fucking thing in my in my eyes get up there and see it for yourself now i was in full you know preparedness to bail if if need be i was going to go up there solo regardless and see it for my fucking self it was too sketch I've said it time and time again, no trail is worth my life. You live to hike another day, but I need to see this shit for myself. And I think people don't give themselves nearly enough credit of what their body is actually capable of. You give up mentally way, way, way before you give, give up. Your body gives up physically. So get Dude, up there, see it for yourself. And if, it, if it's too sketch, then you can bail and say, hey, at least I fucking tried. Dude, I'm actually so glad you just said that. I had a similar circumstance on the AT. Now, it's not similar in that uh, the conditions weren't nearly as like drastic or dangerous, I guess. But when I was going through Pennsylvania on my thru-hike in 2018, there was a shit ton of rain, as I'm sure you remember from that year. And there was a part of the trail that was about 20-ish miles north of where I was that allegedly was impassable because of a river that had flooded over the trail. And we had been getting reports, like, probably starting about a day before we got to Duncan, we had been getting reports about this. Oh, this is flooded. It's completely impassable. You know, we heard a million different stories from people. And pretty much every northbound thru-hiker that was in that general vicinity was holed up in Duncan for a couple days there while people were kind of waiting for the weather to change for the better. And I remember there was pretty, pretty much everybody except for myself and, and a group of people I was hiking with all decided that they were either going to just skip ahead or they were going to like go ahead and then hike southbound or or just like do or just like fucking stay there for like a week like all this crazy shit and it was all based on the rumors and i myself and and the the other guys i was hiking with we had the same attitude that you just talked about there and we were like okay shit well you know what maybe it is fucked like maybe we can't pass it but we're gonna fucking see it for ourselves before we make that before we decide to hike or, or take a ride 100 miles north and then hike southbound and then just fucking like mess up our whole like flow i guess we were like no we're not gonna do that we're gonna see it for ourselves so all the other groups around us they did shit like that they either skipped it or they you know they went north and hiked southbound and we passed a couple of them later but we just said fuck it we went to the river and it wasn't great but it wasn't like impassable either like we were able to get across it and that night after we did that we were all like talking to each other at the campsite and we were like damn if we had listened to everybody else that hadn't even seen that shit for themselves we would have been kind of screwed or at least been in a less ideal situation than we were. So that's definitely a solid piece of advice. Again, I can't speak for the PCT, but even for the AT, don't listen to the fear mongering. If people are saying things are impassable or saying things are dangerous, definitely like, you know, consider it, but don't let other people make those decisions for you. I think that's an awesome lesson, Ibita. I'm glad you were able to kind of share that there. Um, let's go back to the snow a little bit here before I get us too sidetracked. Um, how many miles did you hike in like those shitty winter conditions at the end? Oh, uh, it was probably around 180 miles or yeah, about 180 miles, I think. Um, now there were sections in between there that, you know, you were down in elevation, got out of the snow, but, um, we started running the snow basically 180 miles out from the Canadian border. Dude, and that's then the last 60, crazy. like I said. <laughs> yeah right and the last 60 miles were it was all snow it was just we were up in elevation and it was it was snow all the way to canada basically until we literally like three miles to the border you start dropping down in elevation but yeah it was it, it and then what we've gone through in the sierra you're up in snow too so for someone who had you know going back to the previous point for someone like me who has never hiked in snow on a regular basis before and i made it through so you know you you can you're you you're capable of way more so just get up there and see it for yourself but you know i was if you watch my youtube videos i was cursing the snow like the whole fucking time i still hated it <laughs> but you know i, I came i went there to through hike the pct so you know under any conditions any variables any obstacles i was gonna do it so yeah i'm gonna bitch about it but i'm gonna get through it too dude and at the end of the hike too that's just it's like the most meant at least in my experience doing the at the end was the most like mentally taxing part of the whole trail by far mm -hmm. and to face those like super tough conditions at the very end at the hardest part of the trail mentally again in my opinion like that just that fucks with me dude like i honestly i'd like to think i'm pretty stubborn i'd like to think that i would be able to push on through that shit but it definitely would not be an easy decision 
Um, you you made it sound earlier like you were pretty gung ho on just continuing. Like, did you did you have any hesitation at all? Did you consider for any time potentially not continuing on? Um, obviously, like you're, I'm sure you're glad you did. And looking back on it, but before you actually set out in the snow when you knew it was coming, um, did you ever kind of hesitate like that? I it crossed my mind like what if. If I can do it, there, there was never the moment in time where I said, I'm not going to try. That was 100%. Sure, sure. I'm going up there and seeing it. But yeah, it definitely did cross my mind. Like maybe I'm physically not up to doing this because I'm not experienced hiking in the snow and, you know, especially going out there alone originally. Yeah, it definitely crossed my mind that I wouldn't be able to do it. And that would have sucked because, uh, uh, you know, being that close to the end, at this point, you've already hiked over 2,500 miles and you're so goddamn close to the end. It's like that was a driving force, knowing that we were so mm-hmm. close. Now, if it would have been like the last 400 miles, you know, going, if I knew I was going through that, you know, knee deep to waist deep snow for 400 miles, then I probably would have strongly considered it. But being so close to the end, it's like, oh my God, I can taste, I can taste that poutine in Canada. You know, I, I can't give up. Not <laughs> Dude, this you, close to the end. You said that in your last fucking video. I was cracking up at that shit. You're like, I can fucking and taste you know, that. The, fir- the first meal I had <laughs> when I got to Canada was fucking poutine. <laughs> man of your word. That's what I like to hear. That's so fucking funny. Oh yeah, man. Good <laughs> shit. So fucking good, dude. Um, I'm sure you've been asked to compare the AT to the PCT a million fucking times now that you've done them both back to back pretty much. So I don't want to like completely beat this to death, but I am curious, um, not only because you've done both trails, but again, because you did them so close together and like there wasn't that much time for shit to kind of slip your mind um, between the two of them and you were able to kind of compare them like so closely. So let's, let's just go over some of this stuff real quick. Um, on my AT through hike, again, never hiked the PCT, never really been out west. Um, on my AT through hike, people would always say that the AT was physically more difficult than the PCT. Now, sounds like that might be true. However, I also always kind of took that with a grain of salt because I was like, of course, this motherfucker thinks the AT is harder because he's literally hiking the AT right now. So I am kind of curious about, you know, I want to hear you compare them physically. Which one did you think was uh, tougher? So. You know, when you ask through hikers that who have done both trails, generally speaking, I would say most of them say the AT is harder physically than the PCT. And I think that's fairly accurate on a decent weather year. Now, this particular year, with the weather and the conditions we went through, I felt, I mean, my joints were obviously messed up more from the AT, just from the the elevation change. But I I felt just as, as drained physically, I think, over the course of the whole trail on the PCT as I did the eight. I think that was just the conditions maybe that we hiked through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going to the Sierra this year with, with as much snow that was up there, you know, going across, you know, miles of snow fields, you know, and some sun cup city, that shit is draining on your body and you have the sun beating down on you and you're going across snow. I mean, that is physically demanding as hell. Yeah, man. And you, you're 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 only allowed. You can only do at least I can only do one pass a day through the Sierra. So that pretty much limits you to like ten to twelve miles, maybe fifteen miles a day if you're lucky. But it takes you all day to do that. It's just physically it, it just wrecks you. Now, obviously, everybody's going to be different. And you, the PCT, yeah. People say, well, you finish this PCT uh, faster, even though it's longer mileage. Well, it's you're, you're you are going through a lot flatter terrain. You know, Oregon is generally you know flat for the most part and there's large stretches in the desert that are you know really flat too so you can push those bigger miles days if you want to but i i, I, I my body was wrecked right for the pct too so uh, i think what you'll hear most from, from most through hikers is the pct is a little easier physically but it wasn't the case for me um I, my body was still wrecked so yeah man and that's one thing I feel like I can't really appreciate having never hiked on the PCT is, is the weather and how that impacts not just the physical aspect of things, but the mental aspect of things. And that's what I was going to kind of ask you about next is now this is, I feel like this is a little bit of a loaded question. I feel like it's easier to compare the physical difficulty of two trails to the mental difficulty of two trails, because that's going to be like so subjective and, and depend on, on, um, you know, each hiker's experience on both trails. So obviously just in your circumstance, I'm not asking you to make like a, a objective, like generalized standard here, just, just for your, your situation. Um, which trail was more 
mentally taxing, the PCT or the AT? 100% the PCT. It mentally, it, it, it drained the shit out of me. Um, and, and like I said, especially towards that last stretch, but going through the Sierra too, it was very mentally draining. I mean, you get, so going back to the Sierra, so basically your whole day is broken up into, you wake up, you know, at the ass crack of dawn before the sun comes up because you have to hike you know, these passes when the snow is still hard or else you're just sinking into the shit. So you're waking up at like two o'clock in the morning. You're hiking in the dark for like, you know, between three and five miles to get to the base of a pass, hopefully getting over the pass before the sun hits it. And then you're, you're hiking down this pass, which are generally the south sides, if you're going northbound, are sketchy as hell. Um, just ice shoots, basically. And so you're mentally drained from that. Like, thank you, I survived this pass. But now you got to go over a river crossing. And mm-hmm. when I hit the Sierra, we not only had the snow, but by the time I entered the Sierras, which was June 18th, um, a lot of the – so the, the river crossings in the Sierra are extremely dangerous, but – by the time I got there, the snow bridges. So if you go there early, you'll have snow bridges to cross, right? That are, you know, pretty damn thick. By the time I got there, the weather warmed up enough to where the snow bridges were were melting away. And I actually, you know, had a couple close calls, which we can talk about if you want. Uh, I had one snap on me. Actually, I didn't put it. It wasn't in a video. But, um, yeah, that was sketch as hell. So now you have to cross these rivers. Now that's draining you mentally. Like, fuck, is this, I got over the pass, but now I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be rushed away in water. You know, it, it, it was that was the whole experience of the C, the PCT in the Sierra section. It was just mentally all fucking day long. So by the time you get to camp, you're just like, forget the physical side. You're you're drained mentally, and you pass right the fuck out. Damn, dude, that's incredible. Um, fuck, like I don't, I don't even. <laughs> there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Am I, I painting didn't... a good picture for the Pacific Crest Show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny too because I, I yeah, you know, I talked to buddies who on the PCT this year who had never hiked the AT before. And they're, they're asking me that same question, you know, the physical and mental difference. And I would tell them all these horror stories about the AT, like, Oh fuck you. Just, you're going straight up the mountain. You're going straight <laughs> down and it sucks. And you're, you're climbing Mount Everest like 30 times or whatever the fuck it is, the statistic. And they're like, man, you're not painting a good picture of the AT, <laughs> but I tend to talk about all the gnarly shit and then, uh, stray away from the good shit. Just like, just to put the fear of God into people. I guess I'm fear mongering the shit. Out of them too. <laughs> nah, dude, yeah. nah, dude, you're, you're telling it like it is. Um, how about, how about I I, I kind of want to ask how your Appalachian Trail through hike influenced your PCT through hike? So doing them so closely together like that, um, mm-hmm. I I kind of asked you a similar question um, in our last conversation. I asked you what you were planning on doing differently from the AT, and I kind of want to ask mm-hmm. that again in a pretty similar way, but I'm going to phrase it a little bit different. How did through hiking the Appalachian Trail the year before influence through hiking the PCT this past year? So I don't think it much changed. The The reason why a hike is the most important thing out there, I, I hike these long trails because I love being out in the wilderness for an extended period of time and doing my own thing and just living as free as fucking possible. And I knew that going into the AT mentally, even though I had never hiked a mile, you know, as a through hiker, I, I had that mentality going in the AT. So the, that that whole side of things never changed. It, it was easy transition because I'm like, okay, I'm going out here. And you got these assholes who are like, oh, I'm doing 30 miles right up the bat. Well, my first day on the PCT, I think I did 15 miles. Like, I, you know, I, I was an experienced through hiker from the year before. I knew what my body was capable of. But screw it, man. I'm going to take the same mental approach and enjoy the shit out of this thing because I'm mm-hmm. going to milk it for all it's worth. And I don't want to go back to the real world anytime soon. Um, so, you know. You hike one trail and you, you, for the most part, get your gear dialed in. Obviously, things are going to change a little bit, maybe from trail to trail. But you know, as a as a previous through hiker, you're you're pretty much know what you need to carry and you know your gear and all that stuff. Um, but the whole mental side of going into it, saying I'm on fucking vacation, I'm going to enjoy every moment of this. Um, it, it was just the way I did it the year before. Interesting, interesting. Again, I feel like this is kind of a loaded question. Mostly because the end of your PCT hike was so much different than the end of your AT hike. But I did kind of want to ask you about finishing the PCT and like what that felt like for like finishing a through hike for the second time, right? Because I know when I finished the AT, I was like fucking ecstatic. Like it was absolutely amazing. And part of me thinks that maybe 
I'll never feel that way again, even if I finish another long distance hike, because it's just not the same the second time around. So I want to ask you about that. I, I know too that because of the weather circumstances at the end, that certainly, well, I guess I shouldn't speak for you, but I'm, I'm guessing that might've played a role in how you felt at the end. But can you just kind of talk about that a little bit? It was, it was very, I mean, so the actual literally finishing the trail, you feel the same way. It's just, you're ecstatic and you're, you're, it's it's hard to describe. So just remember what you were feeling when you're walking up the Mount Katahdin. And for me, when I, the entire time I was hiking the AT, I mean, you, you see pictures of that Mount Katahdin sign and it is so damn iconic. And all throughout the AT, as I was hiking, even early on, I would have that image of that sign burned into my head. Like I, I cannot wait to see the sign that I've been obsessing about over for so many years to actually see it and hold it and touch it and, and wrap my arms around it, the whole thing. It was just, I had that image in my head the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I had the same mentality for the PCT with the monument. You see so many pictures of that monument, so many, you know, uh, you know, border or finishing pictures from people. And you're like, man, I wonder what it would be like to, to actually be standing there after having walked 2,653 miles. And it was everything you would imagine. Like you, you you're walking up to that, that monument and you're like, holy shit. You know, it's one thing, so I'll put it in perspective. So let's say you hike like um, like McAfee Knob. McAfee Knob is iconic on the AT, right? Everybody goes up there and, and you get, you see so many pictures of that that ledge of people standing on it. But when you through hike, you would walk 700 miles to see that thing. There's mm-hmm. something to be said about that whole journey and knowing that you're standing at a monument, you know, thousands of miles from where you started and you went there by foot it's pretty fucking special yeah the emotions you feel at that moment are are completely unexplainable it's just i get goosebumps just thinking about it It, (laughs) it's just an unbelievable feeling i don't know yeah man that's incredible we're getting towards the end here i do have a couple couple more questions though and we're also going to get to a story as well so i didn't like i said earlier i did an instagram poll yesterday and there was two questions that a lot of people entered there a lot of people wanted to hear the answers to these questions one of them we're going to get to at the very end right before we're done but this other one here has to do with your your lost camera so you you were kind of talking about that a little bit before we started recording um but why don't you explain what happened there and why don't you explain if you ever got that camera back or not Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm still butthurt about it. <laughs> yeah, I lost, I lost my camera. So so this year, I you know, I my history of, of breaking cameras is it's notorious. I broke three cameras on the Appalachian Trail when I was vlogging that thing due to weather, you know, rain and everything else. Um, and the the PCT, I, I, I upgraded my camera gear and carried a full-frame uh, Sony camera this year, which I'm glad I did for photography reasons alone i mean i want to take some unbelievable pictures this year so so i carried my camera on a a a capture clip which is basically just a clip that straps to your uh hooks to your shoulder strap so it's easy access and apparently so going into stevens pass when i'd woken up in that blizzard uh i was hauling ass into town to get out of the weather and the bolt that uh keeps the clip attached to my strap had gotten loose unbeknownst to me and I was like tripping in the snow the whole like seven and a half miles into Stevens Pass. And one time I tripped apparently and like the bolt came loose and, and my camera ended up in a, a snowbank somewhere. Um, I had got down to, a, there, you know, Stevens Pass is a ski resort there. So I got down in there um, and luckily the ski patrol, there's people, the ski resort wasn't open, but luckily there was ski patrol in there. And my hands were numb and I had a beard, ice beard, you know, down in my chest. <laughs> and I was like really miserable, like, <laughs> I was in bad shape and luckily they had gotten let me in there to warm up and they actually had a washer and dryer let me dry my clothes oh nice anyway I had my pack sitting there went over there and that's when I realized my camera wasn't on my strap and I just had this moment where my my stomach just dropped and I'm like holy shit it's up there on the pass somewhere and you know I, I was hiking through knee-deep snow so the chances of going up there and finding it was slim to fucking none mm-hmm. so I was like oh that's it there goes my camera um, I left my contact information with the ski patrol there in case somebody finds it in the spring. And I've had a bunch of followers of mine that, that live in the area. They're going to go up there with snowshoes this winter and, and try to find it for me. But, you know, I've accepted the fact that my camera's gone and uh, hopefully I can get a new one soon. 
it sucks, yeah, but man. you know, is like I said, my track record of losing gear. I mean, I use that gear. I, I don't baby the shit. I'm, I I carry cameras out there and to vlog with them, and I beat the hell out of them on a daily basis. So if they break, they break. But it, it still sucks either way. Yeah, dude. I mean, you you really can't baby them though. Like you're you're gonna miss shots. You're gonna miss content if you're doing that. So fuck it. You might as well. <laughs> Shit, yeah, shit's gonna it. happen. So I ended up filming. I think the last last three weeks or so, whatever it was, I am filming with my iPhone, which was completely fine because I'd done that a lot on the AT after breaking camera after camera. So you know, iPhones still do the trick. It's just you know, photography wise, I I, I was missing my my camera for sure that last last stretch. Yeah, it is what it is, man. Um, yeah, no worries. Why don't you tell a story from the PCT? So I don't know if you remember IBTAP, but at the end of these episodes, I usually like to have my guests share a story from one of their hikes. Now, I kind of gave you a heads up. <laughs> I, I, I gave you a heads up before we started recording. Probably should have given you more heads up. Um, that's my bad. But if there's any story um, that you think is worth uh, worth sharing here from your PCT, through, usually I do any hike, but since... You know, this is round two. I, I kind of want to do a PCT story. Um, yeah, dude, I'd be I'd be stoked to hear one. So, you know, for those of you that follow me on YouTube, I try to, most of that shit's in there, and I try to film as much as possible when I'm blogging these hikes. Uh, obviously, I can't get everything in there, but, you know, there were so many sketchy times in the Sierra. I guess I can give you a couple stories that I can recall. Sure, man. Um, speaking about the snow bridges, so... So when you, generally when you hike through the Sierras, if you if you go in early, you're gonna like I said, you're gonna have snow bridges across a lot of these rivers. Um, but when I entered the Sierras, like I said, they were starting to warm up and they were melting. So now this never got on video, but there was one point in time, I think it was going, it was leading up to Mather Pass, which Mather Pass is the sketchiest of them all. In, in my opinion, it was just I'll never do that shit again. I mean, I feared for my life the whole fucking time. But Jesus. anyway. When you're when you're leading up to the passes, right? Like like I said, you're waking up early in the morning and you're hiking in dark for usually a few miles um, to get to the pass and up over it before the sun hits, um, before the snow starts melting. So, I'd set my alarm for two a.m., got up and started hiking in the dark. Um, I was I was with a group. You I mean generally when you're in the Sierra, there's even though if you if you hike alone, there, you can see the headlamps going. Like everybody's got the same idea. We're getting mm-hmm. to this pass early, so you can see headlamps going in the dark. Um, so I knew where I was going, but anyway, it wasn't light enough to where I could see this snow bridge, right? Uh, I could hear water all around me, but I, I never did see the snow bridge. And I took one step out on that thing and it collapsed. Like oh, I was literally in the middle of it and it, and it snapped and I fell down into the river. I say river, it was a Creek, you know, but it was still like waist deep. Yeah. And I mean, this is ice cold. You're up there, uh, you know, above 10,000 feet, and it's just ice cold water, and you're surrounded by snow. And this snow bridge collapsed on me, and I went into the water. And luckily, I was able to brace myself with my trekking poles and never lost my balance. But um, that was one of the scariest moments in the Sierra. Uh, there was people around me that could have, you know, helped rescue me if I, if something had happened, if I got washed away. But um, I, I pretty much just like managed to get to the side of the, the snow bank and pull myself up. And, um, I saw headlamps cause I, I screamed or yelled some probably yelled fuck really loud. And uh, <laughs> I saw headlamps going run, running after me. I'm like, dude, what happened? Are you all right? Cause it's dark. Nobody can see shit. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, you're okay. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> and I never explained what happened, but they, they had an idea that I'd, I'd gone down in that fucking Creek and, you know, you hear stories of I, about people getting washed away in those things every year. It's just something to be mindful of. But it just goes to show you, man, your your life can end at any fucking moment. And my life could have ended that that morning. Um, and then on top of that, I had to go over, you know, Mather Pass. It's like soaking fucking wet. Which was yeah, just miserable. Uh, on top of being sketchy as hell. So, um, yeah, those river crossings were, were the worst of it. And that was probably the sketchiest of them all. Um, there was plenty of other ones where, uh, you know, I put this in a YouTube video where I lost my crock and um, just washed away and, and shit like that. Like going over those river crossings, a lot of them were, were sketchy as hell. And I'd never done that shit before. Um, so you know, a lot of times in the videos I didn't put in there, but I would generally, you know, walk upstream or downstream, sometimes a mile off trail just to find the, the best place to cross. But when you're in a place like the Sierras, your your time is limited and, and, and you, you're only carrying so much food. To, to get to the next town so you don't have time to dilly dally around but 
Yeah, that river crossing and, and snapping that snow bridge was was like talk about life flashing before your eyes. That was my moment on the PCT. Dude, fuck that. I'm I'm glad to hear you're okay. That's fucking sketchy, dude. Like I haven't really had to. There have been a couple times where like on not on the AT on on other hikes I've done where I've had to ford some decently fast rivers, but nothing that looks like it would compare to some of the shit I've I've heard people dealing with on the PCT. So. That's definitely pretty fucking scary. I'm glad you're okay. And uh, yeah, be, be careful out there, everybody who's going to be hiking the PCT next year. Um, be careful going through the Sierras. Yeah, it, it pays to get up early for those river crossings. You will, you'll find, I noticed this a few times, from the time, you know, from the morning to the night, you wake up in the morning and the, the water will be extremely lower than in, the, in midday. So um, even though it sucks setting your alarm to go hiking when you're on vacation, you know, it, it, it definitely makes it a little easier for you. Yeah, dude. If it's safer, you should be doing it for sure. Um, damn. Dude, we're, we're at just about an hour here. I think we're going to kind of wrap it up. Um, thank you so much for taking the time again, dude. I think it's so awesome that we were able to talk before you went and did the pct and now you've like you fucking crushed that shit and now we're back again that's that's so awesome man i really appreciate it why don't you plug your youtube and your social media i'm sure a lot of people listening to this already know that stuff but just for the few people who don't they need to go check it out for sure so yeah why don't you go ahead and plug all that stuff sure man i mean uh, uh youtube is ibtat the letters ibtat which stands for i've been to a town um, that's my trail name. So if you search that on YouTube, I'll come up and, you know, you can watch every video, uh, every day of my hike on the AT as well as the PCT. Now I'm going to put them in a, a playlist here eventually. So it's a little easier to watch them as a playlist and, you know, in chronological order, but, um, that's the YouTube. And then, uh, Instagram is saved by mountains or you can just search IBTAT. It should come up and I've got thousands of thousands of pictures that I still haven't posted. <laughs> yeah. I think I took, <laughs> I think I took about 6,000 photos on the PCT this year. So, Damn, man. Um, I, <laughs> I've got a lot to, uh, to go through, but I'll be posting all through the next month or so. I still got photos to post. So check me out there for sure. Good shit. Good shit. And as always, I'll have a link to both the YouTube and the, and the Instagram in the, um, in the show notes. If you're too lazy to search things, yeah, dude, I think that's going to be pretty much it. However, I do have one last question, and this was the most common question that I got in my um, in my uh, little Instagram poll I did yesterday. You probably know what's coming. You've probably been asked this a thousand times, especially as you got close to the end of the PCT and certainly after you finished it. But you've got two. You've got two of the three, man. <laughs> When's the third coming? When are you doing the CDT? So originally... I was going to do it back to back to back. That was the original plan. When I decided to step foot on the Appalachian Trail, I knew I was going to go for the Triple Crown. That was a given. And that is still the goal. However, as demanding as the PCT was this year, I think I need a year off. And I think a lot of you can understand that, especially <laughs> yeah. those that followed me towards the end there. It just drained the shit out of me. And my body took a, a beating and my, and my mind took a beating. So... So this year, I'm going to take the year off from long-distance hiking. I will be out on the trail hiking, and I will be filming all that, as well as doing some trail magic, being up here in Maine and, and fairly close to the Appalachian Trail. And on all of you fuckers that are going northbound in the 18 2020, you're not going to get a lot of trail magic up, up north, but I'm going to be out there with my dog, Roscoe P. Waggletails, and we're going to be grilling hot dogs and passing <laughs> out sodas and cookies and all that good shit. So... Uh, we'll hit up some trail magic for all you through hikers in 2020 and uh, most likely try to make it to trail days in Damascus, Virginia, man. I want to do some mileage on the AT, even though I'm not doing the whole thing. So I'll be out there. Good shit, man. Good shit. Yeah. Get some rest, dude. Enjoy this new fucking sick job that you're going to have. And uh, I'm sure you will, you will get to the CDT um, real soon here. So yeah, dude, thank you again one more time. This is freaking awesome. And thank you to everybody listening. Yeah, brother. Appreciate it. Nice talking to you.